Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 156. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. It snowed at my house, damn it, uh, a lot, actually, yesterday. So, this morning, before I recorded, I had to go out and shovel it. All you people who live in warm climates, or apartments or something, and say how delightful the snow is, you're all idiots. Because... The rest of us have to go out and shovel it, and it sucks. Now, to be fair, I did uh, enjoy spending yesterday, which was Saturday, and I didn't have to go anywhere. So I did enjoy, you know, looking out the window, a little fire in the fireplace. It was it was lovely, even though I knew what was coming. So, yes, I'm complaining about shelving today, but I was as much a sucker for the lovely snowfall yesterday as anyone. So the point is, most of us complain about stuff just because we like to complain. So it was a win for everybody. Some of us got to enjoy the snow. Some of us got to enjoy complaining. All of us end up happy. I'm recording today from inside a secret fort constructed by my son, frequent co-host Henry. He drew plans, blueprints as he calls them, in his art class the other day for a fort complete with secret passages and compartments and whatnot. And I am recording today from within that secret fort. Now, the fort is constructed of cardboard, because, I mean, you use the materials you have at hand. You know, Donnie Trump, when he wants to build his $5 billion wall, might want to consider that, because there's lots of cardboard around, filling up landfills and whatnot, and it's a lot cheaper than, you know, steel bars or whatever it's supposed to be built of. We could knock that $5 billion down to, like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. You know, just take a lesson from my son. But here's the thing. My son built a secret fort of cardboard, which is sitting in the middle of the living room. So I may have to go over the concept of secret with him a little bit more. I'm enjoying my time in the secret fort. Speaking of secrets... Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Hey, he's back. On January 6th, he posted on Facebook, quote, Number two, three exclamation points. Just wait till my next launch, exclamation point. This year I will first launch one mile up, then I will go to space. He's got a little uh, icon of a, of a rocket ship and a link to an article titled, Science is Nothing But Perception. Oh God, what's this going to be? All right, I'll click on it. Okay, the full title of the article is Science is Nothing But Perception. Here's the, here is the Top 5 Strangest Science Stories of, of 2018. This is from a website called articlebio.com, which I know absolutely nothing about. Here are Top 5 Strangest Science Stories of 2018. Be ready to be surprised and shocked. An article about using urine to produce stronger bricks. Uh, Elon Musk, the, the launch into space that he engineered. An article about scientists warning us not to suppress sneezes because some guy basically blew up his nose by trying to suppress a sneeze. Oh, I know why Mad Mike linked to this article, because he's in it. He's the number two of the five articles or stories referenced in this article. Number two, rocket science and DIY. In March, a man named Mike launched himself towards space on a homemade rocket on a mission to prove the myth, the myth, Okay, prove the myth that Earth is flat. The 61 years, the 61 years flat earther 
named Madman, learned rocket science himself and crowdfunded the money to build his own, own rocket. He reached up to the altitude of near to 1,900 feet. He later said, I will be trying to retire next time, which, are, are, which is a riveting quote. And the number one, strangest science story, according to this article, Mexican soccer fans' World Cup jump for joy caused a mini earthquake. The match between Mexico and Germany was one of the most competitive matches. The fans were energized. The bouncing Mexican soccer fans made the earth tremble to trigger earthquake detectors at the two locations in Mexican, in Mexican City. Mexico's Institute of Geological and Atmospheric Investigations labeled the tremors as artificial quake. So now Mad Mike in his Facebook post is promising to go a mile high sometime this year and then go to space at some unspecified time, which is kind of what he's been promising for a long time. Somebody in the comments posted, too bad a rocket can't be powered by BS. Someone else commented simply, no you won't. And then, good luck on the next scam, I mean, adventure. Someone strangely posted, Mad Mike, call me, it's been too long. And then put his actual, I'm assuming, actual phone number in this Facebook comment. And then there is one supporter in here. Haters gonna hate and they suck big D. Alright. Well, Mad Mike apparently has returned from his, I guess, self-imposed communications blackout to tell us basically what he's been telling us for a couple years now. So we'll see 2019. We will see. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. I want to talk for a minute about Laurel and Hardy. I've probably mentioned on occasion that I have many degrees, many types of nerddom. What's called nerddom? Pretty much anything can be a nerddom. Um, sports is nerdy if you're, you know, uh, if you uh, if you're really into it. So anything can be nerdy. I, I kind of resist the idea that nerdy just means you're really into sci-fi or whatever. But one of my types of nerddom is you know, one of the many Atari games, of course, Peanuts, the comic strips and TV specials and all that. I do podcasts and all that stuff. Doctor Who, definitely. Stuff like that. One of my nerddoms is Laurel and Hardy, the classic uh, 20s, 30s, 40s screen comedians. Stan Laurel, Oliver Hardy. Um, I'm sure pretty much everyone listening knows who they are and would recognize them, probably. Or at least if you saw a picture, you would know, oh, okay, those are the guys from the movies, the fat one and the skinny one. You might not even remember their names, but you would have some idea who they were. And a few of you out there may even be fans uh, like I am. There's a new movie out. Uh, I'm not calling it a biopic because it's not exactly. It's called Stan and Ollie. I haven't seen it yet. It's just now opening in the United States uh, as I'm recording this. Uh, I'm waiting for it to come to a location near me because uh, it's not getting released. I think you know it's one of those that's starting out obviously in the UK. They're, the Peanuts, uh, Peanuts, not Peanuts, the uh, Lauren Hardy are huge still in the UK. Stan Laurel himself was Scottish. The person who wrote the script for the movie and the director are Scottish. Um, so it's getting a huge release in the UK, starting out on the coast in the United States and then you know spreading to other theaters. So I'm waiting for it to come somewhere near me. And it's not a biopic. It's a, a movie about the two comedians and sort of at the toward the ends of their lives. They're broke, frankly, uh, even though they were huge movie stars for 
decades, they had crappy deals with the production with the movie studios, so they don't get any royalties over their you know from their movies. And the last few, you know, they're at the point where the last few that they made, for various reasons, weren't very good. They're getting older. Their health isn't as good. Um, so they need they need money, basically, and they want to try to revive their popularity so that they can get a new movie deal. So they go on this tour in 1953 of the UK, where they're still pretty popular, but even there, at that point, they're not as popular as they once were. So it's really, it's not a story where they're trying to tell the whole history of these two guys from birth to death, one of those kind of biopics. It's a, a story about these two guys. Again, I haven't seen it. This is what I'm getting from all the reviews, um, which are glowing, by the way. People love this movie. Uh, even people who don't know anything about Lauren Hardy love this movie. Um, these two guys, you know, like I said, the end of their lives, pretty close anyway, especially uh, Oliver Hardy, who died in 1957. You know, so, sort of how they how they relate to each other and sort of reaffirm their friendship at a point where things aren't going so good. It's supposed to be just a lovely, small film, and, and I can't wait to see it. I'm sure I will talk more about it when I do. Uh, if you guys have thoughts about Lauren Hardy, it has nothing to do with Atari games, but, you know, send me your thoughts. I'm bringing it up right now because yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind, I discovered a website called lettersfromstan.com. Stan Laurel, uh, throughout his life, loved to write letters. Uh, this was an era when it was common to write letters. Of course, we don't do that anymore. We write emails now, maybe, if that, if not just a text message. One of the reasons, apparently, they like to write letters, I found out from the website, is that he was a big nerd, speaking of nerds, for stationery. Apparently, the guy had a huge fascination with different types and, and weights and whatnot of paper. Uh, I think there's a quote from him where, you know, when he goes, he would go on location to shoot movies and stuff. On his downtime, he would go visit, visit stationery stores and just, you know, it sounds goofy. Just go look at paper. So, you know, all the way till the end of his life, he would write to people, whoever they were. A lot of famous people would write to him. Jerry Lewis, Dick Van Dyke, Steve Allen. You know, a lot of really famous people would write to, to him to express their admiration or ask for advice or whatever. But even just ordinary people, you and me, could write to him and he would write back. You could call him too, apparently. This seems wild now, but back in the day, he was just in the phone book. You could look him up and you could call him. And if it was a good day, he'd invite you over for tea, uh, no matter who you were. So uh, this website, getting back to the website, lettersfromstan.com, just an archive of letters that people got throughout his life from Stan Laurel. And it's just kind of fun to flip through those if you're a Laurel and Hardy fan. You probably won't get much out of it if you're not. But I just thought it was cool. Laurel and Hardy, because of this movie, are very much on my mind right now. And I thought I would share that. So, again, if you have thoughts about Laurel and Hardy, let me know. If you're annoyed that I wasted a couple of minutes of this episode talking about them, uh, you can let me know that too. But I probably won't be sorry. <laughs> all right well to make up for it that's all the news i have for today let's get on to this week's game this week's game is casino from atari 1978 nothing to do with the robert de niro movie i'm afraid joe pesci isn't gonna kill anybody with a uh uh what is it didn't he just crush somebody's head in a vice or something in that movie yeah no one's gonna die in this episode um sorry Casino is pretty much as advertised. It's a cartridge that features the game's blackjack, stud, poker, and something called poker solitaire. 
which I think is a, th a thing they just made up for the cartridge. I doubt that you could go to a casino in Vegas and say, yes, I would like to play poker solitaire, unless maybe you know, one of the hookers out on the strip might offer that as a service. Anyway, we're using the uh, um, paddle controllers for this one. I still, every time, you know, it doesn't come up that often, but every time I have a game on the show where I'm using my paddle controllers, I grouse about how mine are kind of crappy and I really need to get them rebuilt. Somebody listening to the show offered to do that for me once, and then I forgot about it. So if the offer's still good, let me know. Yeah, so we're using the uh, paddle controllers. Games 1 and 2 are blackjack. Game 1 is 1 or 2 players with the cards splitting. Game 2 is up to 4 players with no cards splitting. I assume most of you guys have some idea how to play blackjack, uh, right? You're, uh, you're playing against the dealer. Each card is worth basically the points values on the cards. Uh, and the object is to score 21 points or as close to 21 as possible without busting. Going over 21 points. Like I said, the number cards are worth, you know, face value. An ace is worth 1 or 11 points. Jack, queen, and king are each worth 10 points. Again, I'm assuming most of you kind of know this already. A card hand is called soft when the ace is used as 11 points. A card hand is hard when the ace is used as 1 point. For example, a soft 17 is an ace, 11 points, and a 6. A hard 17 could be 10, 6, and an ace when the ace is worth 1 point. The computer deals two cards face up to each player. The computer also deals two cards to itself, one face up and another face down. If you're satisfied with the points of your first two cards, you stay on that hand. If you want more points, request a hit, and the dealer will give you another card. Continue to take hits until either you're satisfied, which, at which point you stay, or you exceed 21 points and bust, which means you lost. And you do all this by you know turning the, the knob on the paddle controller to what you see on the screen. The options you see on the screen are, are what you want to do. Except a blackjack strategy is to stay on 18, 19, or 20 points. When you win, you win the amount of chips that you bet. When you score blackjack, you win one and a half times what you bet. A tie game is called a push, and that occurs when the dealer's card points equal your card points. In a push, you don't win or lose. So you hit the game to start the game. You hit the re reset switch. Your score resets to a thousand, and you use the switch to select the game that you want to play. Obviously, lift difficulty switch. When it's in the B position, the computer will shuffle the cards after each hand. In the A position, the computer shuffles the cards after 34 cards are dealt. The right difficulty switch determines the rules of the game. In the B position, Casino 1 rules are used. Dealer stays on 18 or higher. Dealer stays on a hard 17. And you automatically win the hand when you take the maximum number of hits without busting. In A position, Casino 2 rules are observed. Unlike the Casino 2 movie in which Carrot Top plays the Robert De Niro role and the ghost of Joe Pesci is played by Weird Al Yankovic. Seriously, go look it up on Netflix. I'm not kidding. Um, in this game, Casino 2 rules are observed in which the dealer stays on 17 or greater. You push the red controller button to get into the game. You press the controller button again to place your bet. To bet, a question mark appears to the right of your betting digits. Turn your computer knob, your controller knob, to select the amount of your bet, which can range from 20 to, 20 to 200 chips. You enter the bet by pressing the red controller button. If there's more than one player, the last player to make his bet erases any cards from the previous game on the screen, and the computer then deals the hand. Each time you win or lose, your bet is automatically added or subtracted from your total number of chips. If one or more players wishes to leave the game but wants to save his bank, to press the con console game select switch four times. Each player remaining in the game must then press his controller button and the game will continue. 
To players who have left the game can return by pressing their controller button before the deal. The computer will deal them in and display the previous bank total. After players make their bets, the computer deals two cards to each player. If you're satisfied, uh, you can stay. If you want another card, you turn the controller knob to hit, and you get another card, and you keep doing that until you're satisfied, or you go bust. You can double your bet after the first two cards are dealt. Turn the controller knob to double, then press the red controller button. One or more cards appear, and no more hits are allowed. Doubling is not allowed when the original bet is more than half the number of remaining chips. Only game one allows splitting. When your first two cards have identical values, such as two fives or a jack and a king, you can split your cards into two hands. Turn the controller knob until the letters split appear. Then the red controller button, press the red controller button and the computer deals a card to each of the split cards. Now you play the two sets of cards as separate hands. Your original bet is also duplicated for the second card hand. Splitting is only allowed if the bet is less than half of your remaining chips. Both games one and two allow insurance. The need for insurance occurs when the computer dealer's hand shows one face down card and an ace. Impossible blackjack combination. An eye will appear in your setup. If you wish to protect your hand from possible dealer blackjack, turn the controller knob to INSR and press the red controller button. If you want no insurance, turn the controller knob until the word pass appears and press the red controller button. The price of insurance is half your bet. Each player must double must decide on insurance. I think you'll notice in the field report, I get confused at one point. Looking back, I think it may have been that this thing came up, and I didn't immediately recognize it. So, shame on you, field report, Bill. If the dealer does not have a blackjack, the player with insurance loses their insurance bet. The game play continues as each player decides to hit, stay, or double down. Stud poker. Game 3 is stud poker for 1-4 to four players. Players compete against the computer dealer. The computer deals five cards to each player and five cards to itself before the first card is dealt and after the second, third, fourth, and fifth cards are dealt, players must place bets or fold, which means drop out of the game. The object is to beat the dealer's five-card hand. Royal flushes are all five cards of the same suit and sequential, ace being the highest. Straight flush is all five cards of the same suit and are sequential. Four of a kind is what it sounds like. Four of the five are the same value. Full house. Three cards of the same value, and the remaining two cards of the same value. A flush means all five cards are the same suit. A straight, all five cards are sequential. Three of a kind, two of a kind, or two pair, rather, and one pair. High card. For example, if a hand has an ace, five, six, seven, and two, the high card is an ace. This beats a hand that has no higher card combination. A hand with an ace and an eight or higher would beat this hand. The console controls are similar as far as placing bets and so forth. When the left difficulty switch is in A, the dealer's first card will be dealt face down. Where diff both difficulty switches are in B position, both the player's and the dealer's cards will are dealt face up. There are similar rules about leaving the game and placing bets and so forth. In any of the casino games, you've broken the bank if your score reaches 10,000. Press the red controller button to enter the game again with another 1,000 chips. Game 4 is a one-player game called Poker Solitaire. The matrix on the screen has five rows and five columns creating 25 card combinations, card positions rather. Cards appear one at a time at the top of the screen. You must select a matrix position for each card. After you fill each matrix position, you have 12 poker hands worth points. Five horizontal poker hands, five vertical poker hands, and two diagonal poker hands. Flashing cursor appears on the screen at all times. You can move the cursor by turning your controller knob to place a card in a particular matrix position, move the cursor to the matrix position and press the red controller button. 
card appears in the position you selected with the cursor, and the next card in the deck appears at the top of the screen. Scoring for Poker Solitaire. You get different points depending on which hand you have. And it looks like the points range from zero, obviously, to 500, no, I take the bat, to 2,000 points. A royal flush is worth 2,000. Straight flush is worth 300. A pair is 10 points, etc., etc. And that's Poker Solitaire, which just sounds kind of weird to me. But you've got it as an option if you want it. And that is how you play Casino. Except for all the other games you can play at a casino. Slot machines, craps, roulette, all of that. No, that's in this game. Maybe that's Casino 2. I don't know. Casino was programmed by Bob Whitehead and published in 1978. Supporting up to four players, the game is controlled by paddle controllers, which we already know. It was re-released in 2003 as part of the Atari 80 Classic Games in One collection for Microsoft Windows. It was also part of the 2004 Atari Anthology for Xbox and PlayStation 2. Not for nothing, I've stumbled across a 2014 article on VentureBeat saying gaming pioneer Atari launches social casino game with its classic video game brands. This is not the casino card we're talking about. They apparently were working out deals to put the Atari name on, like, casino games. The article starts out, Today Atari is unveiling Atari Jackpots, a new social casino game with its classic video game brands. The move is part of the reborn company's strategy to use its powerful properties in modern titles, on mobile, social, and online gaming platforms. Atari Jackpots features a full suite of virtual currency casino... This is hard to say. Atari Jackpots features a full suite of virtual currency casual casino games. In the centipede-themed poolside area, players can chat in a giant indoor ball pit. In the breakout dance club, players can socialize with each other and exchange asteroid bonuses, bonus charms, which can increase virtual currency payouts. All right. Related to that is a 2018 article I saw on ZDNet.com, Atari to launch cryptocurrency token for use in casinos, gaming platforms. Atari has revealed plans to create a company token and potentially develop cryptocurrency-based casino platforms. Called the Atari Token, it'd be associated with a blockchain platform in the field of entertainment. They've gotten a, the company's gotten a small stake in Gibraltar-based Infinity Networks, under the terms of the equity deal, Atari has not provided a cash investment, but rather has permitted the firm to use its brand under a long-term licensing agreement. The industry cryptocurrency-based casinos appears to be an area few have considered, according to this article, but the shift in interest from cash to cryptocurrency does make the concept of cryptocurrencies conceivable. Atari also had to deal, according to this article, with Paraplay to launch casino platforms which allow players to bet either in real money or with most cryptocurrency currently outstanding. This article came out in February 2018, almost a year ago. I kind of feel like cryptocurrency has, even though a lot of people were all excited about it for a while and the rest of us were just kind of scratching our heads, I kind of feel like even the people who are all excited about it are now kind of like, yeah, that was sort of dumb. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe cryptocurrency is still a viable thing, but I'm guessing Atari has, in the last year, looked at this and said, Yeah, maybe we won't do that. But if people know more about this than I do, please let me know. All right. Well, after the break, hey baby, want to blow on my dice? And other lines I can't pull off.
I told you, baby. A lady doesn't wander all over the room and blow on some other guys. Oh, hey, Bill. How are you doing? Oh, my God. Frank Sinatra. What are you doing here? Well, Sammy and Dean and the other guy. We were out on Sunset Strip all night, and we thought we'd stop in and, and say howdy to Atari Bites. Frank. Why are you talking like a bad imitation of a cowboy? What do you mean? My friends, you know who I mean, wouldn't like that very much. Just kidding, Frank. Um, well, it's weird that you're here, because we're playing the game Casino today. Well, I don't care. Alrighty then. Well, let's get on with it. Bye, Frank. Bye, Bill. Giddy up. Told you he was a cowboy. Alright, so I have the game set to stud poker uh, right now. Um, so let's play it, I guess. There's not much, not much audio to speak of in this game, so you probably didn't hear the uh, shuffling of the cards. Um, we're looking at a, you know basically a, a green background, simulating the uh, green felt on a gambling table. Um, Alright, I just bet a... Th Hundred bucks out of my thousand. Dealer showing a pair of twos. I have a ten and a hole card that I can't see. Dealer got a five. I got a six. I'm betting three hundred because why not? I got a pair of tens to the dealer's pair of twos with one more card to go. I'm feeling pretty good. Betting another four hundred. Uh, that card didn't do anything for me. Ooh, dealer has two pair now. I wonder what my whole card is. Let's go for it anyway. Boom! Suck it, dealer. My two pair, sixes and tens, beats your two pair, twos and fives. That's right. That's right. I'm quitting the day job. Gonna move to Vegas, become a gambler. Clearly, I have the touch. Alright, let's try that again. Ooh, I have an ace showing to the uh, dealer's uh, three and a king. Uh, I should have bet more. No, that didn't help any. For either one of us. Ooh, I have a pair of tens now. Dealer's got nothing. I got the dealer's king. Alright, let's see. I'm still good with my pair of tens. That was enough to win. Boom. I doubled my money. I'm playing on the house's money now, y'all. Jealous. All right, let's try a different game. Clearly, I've conquered this one. All right, we're playing a little blackjack. Betting 200. I have 10. Should I stay or hit? Well, obviously, I should hit. And again, I got a 3. I'm going to stay on 20, I think. I win. Dealer busted. I win. Alright, well, how much should we bet? What the hell? Let's bet. Oh, apparently 200 is the maximum. Weenies. Um, I have 18. I'm going to stay on 18. Wait. What the heck? The only choices it would give me were pass or some other thing I hadn't seen before. And I lost. Dealer got 21. Game is rigged, man. Alright, I have 13. I can't stay on 13. 
Oh, I busted. Crap, man. Actually, craps isn't one of the games on this uh, cartridge. Wonder, is there a, an Atari craps game, I wonder? I don't know. So many things to wonder. And I have time now as I sit in the, in the gutter pondering the destruction of my life at the gambling table. And on that cheery note, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. So here's the thing about Casino. It's fine. It feels a lot, not surprisingly, like the Intellivision Poker and Blackjack game which I think I might have already done in my yearly uh, Intellivision month. If not, I think it's on the schedule for 2019's Intellivision month. More modern casino games with uh, the graphics we have now. You, you, get the, uh, you get the dealer maybe as a, as a character, and you get maybe see the cards being dealt. You do in the, in the Intellivision Blackjack game now that I think about it. You know, but you really don't need a whole lot. You just need to be able to see the cards. And make your bets and stuff. So the game's fine, I guess. I don't feel all that excited about it one way or the other. Uh, it's just sort of there. Yeah. So if you guys have thoughts about Casino. Uh, or if you want to rant about the joys or the uh, sin of gambling. You know, what the heck, go ahead and contact me about it. And now it's time for our favorite segment. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled A Quarter of the Way There. No one has ever won an argument with a four-year-old. Those arguments only end because the kid grows bored and moves on, or the other kid in the argument grows bored and moves on, or... The authority figure, foolish enough to debate an issue with this four-year-old, claims victory and walks away. And if you're the parent of this four-year-old, well, you've got the best two-prong argument ender. Because I said so, backed by the power of confiscation. Tonight, Miranda Stewart employed this argument ender to full effect. What she wasn't prepared for was who exactly would be affected. No, Carter said, achieving a low octave, it doesn't seem possible, four-year-old could. Carter... Miranda started to command her son, but had no finish. Today's argument had been going on for a while, had far outsized the original petty slight that started it, and Miranda was tired and itching to get out. Mother and son stared each other down with their matching hazel eyes trimmed with dark circles. Carter wasn't backing down, perhaps was not even in the wrong. Miranda couldn't remember. But she was the parent, damn it. Fine, Miranda finally said, but I'm taking Grandpa's card. No, Carter shrieked. A week earlier, Carter's grandfather, Miranda's ex-father-in-law, had sent Carter a birthday card. 
The front of the card showed four cartoon monkeys in a tree with joyful, wide-eyed expressions and posed the question, Why are these monkeys going bananas? Inside the card, the answer, Because it's your fourth birthday, appeared over the same tree, now adorned with four bananas. The center of each had a slot big enough to hold a quarter. In each slot was a quarter depicting Voyager National Park in Minnesota. The quarters were part of the U.S. Mint's America the Beautiful series, and that part was one Carter had visited often with his grandfather before Carter's parents divorced. Miranda didn't quite achieve the smooth resolution she hoped for as it took some digging. The laundry pile on the couch, under the couch, among a stack of bills on the counter, before she finally found the card, wedged between a Dr. Seuss book and an Avengers coloring book on Carter's little bookshelf. Without daring to make eye contact with her pouting son, Miranda barked at her teenage daughter Evie, who had ensconced herself in her room, I'm going out. Watch your brother. Big surprise there, Evie sneered, barely looking up from her phone. Miranda made sure to slam the front door on her way out. Dusty Luck Casino, the only casino within 100 miles, opened five years ago thanks to a local referendum. It had a blocky square shape, festooned with neon and noise. The sound of Miranda's still racing pulse muffled the cacophony of chatter and jackpots as Miranda stomped into the casino and headed straight for a video poker machine. She promptly lost 20 bucks. Stud poker was not her game. She made up a double entendre in her head and laughed a little. That felt good. Though not quite good enough to cover the guilt of going over her self-imposed casino night spending limit. The second 20 went even faster than the first one. And the third faster still. Stupid blackjack. More like blackmail. Maybe it was time to slow down. Go get a drink, maybe. She headed to the little bar at the back of the casino as she answered a text from Evie asking where the boxed mac and cheese was. I don't know, Evie. You're there. Go look. Just before the arched doorway to the jackpot bar set a slot machine with a nautical with a nautical theme. Miranda's ex-husband, Josh, loved boats. It would be heavenly to stick it to him, metaphorically, by hitting a jackpot and making this machine pay up. But this machine was an old-timer, coins only, and Miranda was out of change. Well... There were the four quarters in Carter's birthday card. Maybe it was poetic for Josh's dad to finance Miranda's soon-to-be financial independence. She hesitated only a moment before scattering the monkeys and retrieving the four Voyager Park quarters. She slammed the four coins into the slot, activated the one-armed bandit, and waited for her ship to come in. But instead, the ship sank, and took quarters four precious quarters to the bottom with it. Miranda cursed. What had she just done? What would she tell her son? assuming he was still speaking to her. As if on cue, Evie sent another text, which was just a picture of Carter holding up a cartoon drawing that said, Sorry, Mom, and had two big red hearts on it. Well, the tears flowed easier than the quarters from the slot machine. Miranda sat in the bar for a while, drinking club soda, because after using the credit card to buy a Jack and Coke, the guilt was overpowering. She wasn't really looking to get drunk anyway. She was just avoiding going home. The intermittent sea shanties coming from the nautical slot machine as people hit jackpots, people that weren't Miranda, didn't help much. Miranda should just go home. She knew that. Carter would be asleep by now. Evie would be holed up in her room. Miranda could just go to sleep and face all this anew the next morning. It would be easier then. Of course, she'd been telling herself every morning for the past four months. An elderly woman entered the bar wearing glasses so large she subsumed her face so much that only the slit of a mouth and the smallest nub of a nose remained. She sat with a weary grunt at the high-top table next to Miranda's. 
and parked two large plastic cups full of coins on the table in front of her as the waitress came over to take her order, a raspberry iced tea. Good night, the old lady asked Miranda conversationally. Not really, no, Miranda said. Guess you made out pretty good, though. The old lady hooted. Yep, they won't even be able to lift the collection plate when I get through with it on Sunday. Miranda smiled. Only half, though. The old lady cocked her head. These games, the old lady said, they're games of chance. At least that's what they want you to believe. But you make your own luck, right? Miranda shrugged below a weary smile. The old lady's head cocked to the opposite side. Sure you do, she said. Why not start now? An arthritic hand removed a coin from one of the overflowing cups and set it on Miranda's cocktail napkin, which was mildly stained with ranch dressing from the order of wings she'd polished off. Miranda started to hand the coin back. No, thanks, really, I... But then she glanced at the coin. It was a quarter. A Minnesota commemorative coin, in fact. Voyager National Park, to be specific. Keep it, the old lady said. Making your own luck, remember? Now you're a quarter of the way there. Miranda laughed for real now, kissed the old lady full on the lips, scandalizing the old lady's friend who'd just arrived with a shrimp cocktail, and bolted from the casino. Luck be a mommy tonight. Never let Carter out of your sight. Stick with me, Evie. I'm the mother you came in with. Luck be a mommy tonight. The sound in this game is mostly just a series of variations on fart noises. So I'm going to sing over this bumper, okay? Okay. Luck be a lady tonight. Never let him out of your sight. Stick with me, baby. I'm the fella you came in with. Luck be a lady with me. And some more stuff. Here's the rest of the show. Insert the uh, bumper. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks also to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike update theme, and to Sean Courtney for his Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, which you know because you're listening to it. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, many, many others. But make sure wherever you go to listen that you roll the dice on Apple Podcasts, too, in order to hit the review jackpot. Reviews of this show make... The episodes flow like coins from a slot machine every time somebody finds the show on Apple Podcasts. I kind of mangled that slot machine metaphor, but I'm not really a gambler anyway. And now, you can also call the show. Leave us a voicemail about any damn thing you want at 563-265-1978. You can also support the show financially at the Atari Bytes Patreon page or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise at Zazzle.com, which is still there, but... I'm still looking for ideas of things to do that are new. Um, maybe uh, you know stuff that says Atari Bytes on it, I suppose, but also uh, maybe other funky quotes from the show or uh, you know whatever ideas you might have. I'm open to suggestions. Shirts, T-shirts, maybe mugs. Mugs are always good. Somebody was excited about my offhand comment about putting uh, something on uh, panties. You know, whatever creative ideas you have, I will consider any and every suggestion. Our website is ataribytes.libsyn.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Hit us up on Instagram, too. And don't forget to check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for all your Peanuts Gang needs. New episodes of that show drop on the 15th of every month. 
next time on Atari Bytes. Dodge them. This game is so fast and so hot, they couldn't even write the whole word. It's just dodge them, not dodge them. So buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.